Welcome to Truth Talks. I'm Leanne Tomasevich, Head of Truth. And today we are in collaboration with Aura, celebrating those who have gone above and beyond to deliver work of the highest order, achieving impact in their organizations. As a sponsor of the Individual Impact Client Side Award, we're interviewing each of the four finalists to better understand how they have made an impact and any advice they can give us so that we too can improve the influence we have in our organizations. So before we meet one of our finalists, I'd like to first introduce Suzanne Luchtart, who's founder of Fathom Research Consultancy, and who I've heard before um, called Research Anarchist, so perhaps we'll hear more on that later. And Suzanne is also the marketing lead for Aura. Um, so um, it'd be great if we could start by just hearing a bit more about Aura and the water itself. I, I know some people are aware of Aura, or maybe some people haven't heard, but it'd be great to give people a better understanding of, you know, what is Aura all about? Yeah, of course. So Aura is a membership organisation, and it's exclusively for people working client-side in market research. Um, and apart from the Auras, we run about 25 events each year, uh, some online, some face-to-face. And our membership spans some of the biggest research teams out there. People like Diageo, Sky, NatWest are all long-time members. But we've also got lots of really small research teams as well. People often, one or two researchers, for whom Aura effectively becomes their extended team. So what they've all got in common is this desire to grow, to learn from each other, and to raise the profile of research and insight within their organisations. Great. So... So today we're focused on the Individual Impact Award, client side. What Tell us, what is this award and you know what is it that you're looking for? So delivering impact has always been very much at the heart of everything that Aura does. Um, and we have our Insight Impact Award that you're probably familiar with, which celebrates case studies, you know, work that's had a massive impact on organisations. And that can be contributing towards profitability. It can be about helping businesses understand their customers better. It can be about influencing stakeholders to think differently. And and last year, that was won by BT with a customer closeness company um, who brought customers into the organization at speed and at scale to change the culture of the organization, help business make better decisions and raise the profile of the research team. But of course, that work that wins Insight Impact is usually a project and it's usually a team effort. And we recognize that there are probably hundreds of people in individual Insight teams who are making an impact on an almost daily basis who don't get that opportunity to be celebrated in the same way as a high profile project. And and that's why we wanted to celebrate them. So we were looking for in the nominations, people who demonstrated uh, the mindset and behaviors that bring about impact. So genuine team players, people with that can-do attitude, people that you know you can trust to go the extra mile to deliver not just great work, but also be a hugely positive impact on the team as well. And I mean, in discussions that we've had about about impact and how do you have impact and who has it, you know, it feels like there's a big difference between those that can and do versus those that don't. I mean, in your experience, what do you think enables someone to have impact within their organisation? I think sometimes impact happens almost imperceptibly. I think when you probably when you talk to some of the nominees um, for this award, they probably were surprised to be nominated because they hadn't realised just how much impact they were having. And it's often just a, a collection of small things that all build up to something and what 
what tends to happen is that all those little things build up to confidence in stakeholders to trust what they're saying and trust what they're doing because uh, i think confidence is really very much at the heart of, of being able to deliver impact because you have the confidence to perhaps say something they weren't expecting or do something a little bit differently uh, but they also will trust you enough to take that risk with you and it's super important that you know, we don't get stuck into doing things the way we've always done them because that's the way we've always done them. I think that's why having that impact in, in the research team is, is super important for the business and, and for your own personal development. Um, so I can't talk about research anarchy and not better understand <laughs> what what led someone to call you a research anarchist. I know this award is not about you, but, um, you know, I would love to hear more about, about this. Um, so I think as I've... I've I, Going back to the confidence thing, I think as, as you uh, make an impact and you realise actually it's a really good feeling when you break down barriers and persuade people to do the right thing uh, for the right reasons, um, you kind of get a bit addicted to it. And so <laughs> I now have a tendency to turn up in places and just get straight down to it. Uh, and make a noise. I'm not going to sit there quietly in the back of the room for six months and then go, well, maybe we could do this. Um, I kind of can see things very clearly and often come up with quite adventurous things to do, which I think is all part of, um, it's, it's part of, of maturity, isn't it? It's the, the longer you do this work, the more confident you are in the methodologies. And actually that means that you can put your effort into kind of selling things in and influencing much, much more. But I don't think I've done anything terribly radical, but I think it's about just being compelling enough in your arguments to make people think, yeah, maybe there is a different way and, and maybe I trust this person to make it happen. No, I think that is absolutely right. And actually, that's one of the themes that we're seeing is the you talk about not, not just sitting back, but actually having an idea, doing it, saying it, breaking down barriers and just moving forward. So absolutely. it feels like that's going to that will be a, a red thread. And I think it very much uh, it helps if you have supportive management and stakeholders that are open to ideas, you know, that they are willing to listen when the insight team says we should do this or we could do this thing that we've been doing this way for so long in a different way. Then um, if they're supportive of that and are, pre are prepared to take those risks, I think, you know, we can do great things for all of us, really. Great. Well, thank you, Suzanne. Um, thank you so much. Now, um, the moment we've been waiting for is really to hear from the finalists. So let's get into that discussion. So one of the finalists we've got here today is Naomi Plummer, who is Customer Insights Manager at John Lewis. Hi, Leanne. How are you? Very, very well. Um, thank you so much for, for coming in. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk to you a bit about, you know, what actually... How did you become so Im Im impactful? You know, how, what, what is it that you did? But I also want to talk to Rhiannon Griffiths, um, who is research, um, head of research at John Lewis, because actually, Rhiannon, you nominated Naomi. And obviously, without you, I guess we wouldn't be sitting here today. <laughs> Indeed, yes. And, um, and I'm really pleased that I did, because I think Naomi's absolutely brilliant. But sometimes she doesn't like, acknowledge her brilliance. So I think it's really important that people have that opportunity to to get acknowledgement in the wider industry. Because much as I might tell her she's doing a great job, I don't think she always believes me. <laughs> Ultimate imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. 
so I joined the partnership back in September and um, Naomi was one of the first people I met when I joined and she just struck me as somebody who was just bursting with ideas and enthusiasm and a real passion for the job um, and was just really helpful and was working on some very interesting projects. Um, so when I found out about these awards, because I wasn't aware of them until I joined John Lewis, to be fair, um, I just thought Naomi would be a top candidate for it because she's just one of those people who is supremely helpful and really gets stuck in. And, and she was managing a project that I thought really was super, very, very um, impactful. So I thought I should put her in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And was there a moment that, that really stood out to you as well? Like, was there... Was there something that you saw Naomi doing that you thought, oh, you know what, actually this feels different or this is not what, not what we see every day? Well, there's been various moments like that, yeah. like the time when I asked her to do a presentation and she ended up doing an Easter egg hunt for the team. So <laughs> she changes things up and makes things really fun. And I think one of the things that really stands out about Naomi is that she is a real team player. She really cares about getting people on board, making things fun, and she brings a real passion to um, to the team, and uh, and just I think that really helps with actually getting projects over the line. People want to be part of it because it's fun working with Naomi. Um, in terms of like the point at which I saw the impact is when she landed this transition of the um, insight panel from one platform to another, which basically opened it up for us as a research team to use ourselves rather than being dependent on an agency. And it was no mean feat. It was a really, really big old job from kind of sorting out the legals to thinking about how to keep our customers sort of like interested and engaged um, all the way through to kind of like liaising with lots and lots of different departments to make the whole transition happen um, and getting the, the team trained up um, on actually how to construct and build and script surveys and uh, and access the the results direct on the on the new platform and it's just opened up a whole host of opportunities for us as a team and, and changed the way that we work with the department uh, with our stakeholders and and saves the business lots and lots of money so what's not to <laughs> like right. absolutely especially in the current climate what what was the trigger then for this this new approach or way of working to be fair that that happened before i joined the partnership so um i think maybe Naomi might be better placed to answer that question. Um, but I think it's pretty much driven by um, a combination of the, of the real pressure that we are under to save the business money, to save money wherever we possibly can, um, but also to upskill the team as well. And I think what's really beautiful about this project is even though there was an investment in moving the panel over, we've already made some massive savings. Um, so we can really demonstrate to the business that even though we're generating more insight now because we don't have to go through an agency and we can do it faster, um, we're actually doing it at a lower cost to the business. Mm, amazing, amazing. Um, okay, well, do you want to tell us a bit more then, Naomi, about what what is it that you did, or I guess to help people better understand yeah. Because I guess this is the this is where you've had such huge impact, or that sounds like you've had impact in yeah. lots of different different ways as well. Yeah. So I suppose it, it, the genesis of it was that we, um, like many businesses in retail at the moment, it's a really hard uh, place to to be, and um, it's not not. Uh, 
I suppose, uh, an unknown fact that John Lewis had quite a difficult trading year last year. And so all of our teams were being asked to find new ways to be more lean, more simple and to do things faster. And so naturally you kind of look at your team and you look at the tools and the products that you've got and you think, how can we be, how can we do this more effectively and more efficiently? Um, and how can we work with our agencies in a more smart way? And we did have a, we did have a, a platform um, pre-COVID, um, which I, which I um, sort of inherited and it was doing a really, a really suitable job for what we needed, but um, having the ability to be able to bring the autonomy in-house and for us to have more control was like a, a massive benefit. So we transferred these 35,000 customers onto a different uh, platform, which just had much better capabilities. So we were able to, as Rhiannon was saying, be able to um, choose um, ourselves which, which projects um, we run ourselves versus we farm out to agencies able to bring more agencies into um, into the tool as well. So um, you know, we've got we've got some amazing agencies that help us at John Lewis, um, and for them to also be able to access the panel and for us to run their qual or their quan um, methodologies through the panel saves us quite a lot of money in terms of recruitment, etc. Um, but the big, I think the big one is that um, it's it's opened up kind of how we work. So um, now stakeholders can send us a brief and we can within a day or even half a day in some projects be able to turn around the question that they've got. So, you know, a burning question that might have come up in a meeting in the morning, they can ping over to our team. We can put it into the, the customer panel and get an opinion back very quickly. So um, that just really... Uh, more than more than anything, it really helps put the customer right at the heart of the decision. And that's ultimately what we're all trying to do in research and insight, isn't it? Is make sure that the decisions that are being made by um, by stakeholders are really with the customer first. And so now we can be much more reactive. Um, and what, I mean, this is quite a big shift for the mm. business to make. What What made you think, you know what? here's an idea or let's go ahead and do yeah. it like how did you get there um well obviously it takes a bit of business plan you can't just go off and and do it um the first thing is getting people on on board but for us it was a bit of a, a no-brainer like the financials added up obviously there is an investment up front to move a platform and it's not a small amount of work to move um to, to set it up um but when you look at kind of how much more flexibility we would have, how much more autonomy we'd have, how much more um, access our stakeholders and our wider teams would have. It was a bit of a, a no-brainer. And I'd say um, in this year alone, it's projected to, to save us 120-odd thousand. That's, that's quite a prudent um, guesstimate based on the work that we've got coming forward. If we were to sort of build it out further, we'd probably save more so it it was a no no brainer in that sense to do it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how did you I mean how did you get it in play was there yeah. was it difficult to get everyone on board so you've got the sign off yeah it is a no-brainer but obviously it's a big task yeah how did you get but it's still difficult you know some yeah. people will it finds it very can find it very difficult to get something like this off the ground well, I, I think the first thing is it comes down to really good plan, mm. um, really good stakeholder mapping and mm. taking the time to really understand who are the people that you need to influence, who are the people that 
are going to be able to support you with the project um, and who are the people that know more than you <laughs> um, uh, so finding working out who all those people are that can help you to to move the project forward was absolutely key um, yeah and I'd say just having a really rigorous plan and the second thing I think is um, just building really good relationships with people um, you never underestimate um, how much more momentum you can create by having building good relationships and taking the time to sort of get to know the people who are going to be helping you move the project forward um, I think they're much more inclined to help you and go out of their way <laughs> if you um, take that kind of more disarming approach and take that kind of time up front and um, sort of build those relationships first yeah I think sometimes we can underestimate the yeah. value in building those relationships, which I think is potentially a bit more difficult in the current climate yeah. or we're spending less time together. Although obviously you had to do a lot of this yeah. while you were all remote. Was that a was that an extra challenge? Um, not so much. I think the technology these days with video does allow you to go sort of 80% of the way, way there. I, don't, I think it's very easy to use kind of hybrid or remote working as a bit of a excuse for those kind of things. I think you can get you can still be really effective in a hybrid um in a hybrid way and in and be quite efficient as as well um so yeah I, I don't think being um hybrid or remote has kind of hindered the progress of the project at all because I mean John Lewis is and and which is a, a complex businesses anyway the chances of being able to bump into the stakeholder that you need on your floor right at the right moment is quite unrealistic so it hasn't really made um, made any difference, but I think the 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 partnership way, which struck me when I joined the partnership, is people just really care uh, about each other, and so taking the time at the beginning of a call to sort of check in with people and to see how see how they are before you jump into work makes a big makes a big difference. And I think there's that kind of like human approach, the same way we in research and insight where we're trying to sort of find those human insights. I think it's taking that kind of approach with your colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. So, so the partnership way, actually, that f it felt like that was created a fertile ground in which change can happen. Or, yeah, right? definitely. I think, um, I mean, John Lewis Partnerships is a really unique place to work, and it's a unique model in its in itself. Um, it certainly makes you really motivated and passionate. In fact, I was actually very fortunate to work on a project when I first joined the partnership, which was redefining the purpose of the partnership it was an amazing project to work on as your kind of first project because it really really you sort of got under the skin of what the partnership's all about and kind of this the purpose of being a co-owned business where you aren't just an employee you're a partner and you're all a team trying to build this thing out for the benefit of a greater cause um so yeah i'd say that that is definitely kind of the magic um that kind of underpins quite a lot of our sort of um, motivation and our and our work and everyone's kind of on the same team willing as all to do to do better and to 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 progress so yeah there is a bit of a, a special specialness about the partnership definitely great what about struggles or barriers you know because obviously when we're trying to achieve something we're trying to have impact with an yeah. organization uh, did you find there were specific things that, that were very difficult to overcome? Yeah, I mean, there's never a project without some kind of drama, is there, Rhiannon? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we definitely did hit some stumbling points. I suppose they, they, they didn't become big issues because we had planned 
for it in a way. And I suppose not being kind of pessimistic, but I suppose being sort of risk averse. So for example, um, it took us quite a while to find the right customers to, um, to sort of boost our sample and to move across. So we moved, we migrated 35,000 customers, but obviously not everyone comes across. Um, and, and so we lost a couple of customers, um, I say a couple, a couple of thousand <laughs> customers along the way. Yeah. Um, and so we naturally, like you would in any um, recruitment, you would, you would boost that sample. The sample took quite a lot longer to, to, to bring in partly because of you know scheduling it in our own CRM systems and all the rest. Um, and the one thing that um, Rhiannon and Dean were really passionate about is we can't stop our research. Like it's kind of, we need to change the pilot while the plane's still in the sky. Like we, the, the research can't pause. So that was a real, um, uh, you know, that was probably the most critical thing. So when our, we weren't getting enough customers in and we've turned this program on, this platform on, the, there was a danger there that, you know, all the research could have just stopped for a little bit. Fortunately, we'd kind of planned for it and um, we kept our old platform going as well. So we ran the two in tandem for a little bit so we could then pick, you know, which platform we put work out to. So it could have been quite a disaster, but fortunately that's why you have a good plan. And we had um, sort of some risk um, emissions in there to try and mitigate any kind of risks like that. So it sounds like planning for the things that might not happen or yeah. might not go well mm. actually allows you to be able to overcome them more readily. Yeah, yeah and not you, worry about them. Yeah, and not worry about them. Did you have anything to add, Rihanna? Yeah, I, was, I think one of the things that was tricky about this project was um, we, re we really re wanted to make it future-proof. So the ambition is for us to be able to link up behavioural analytics data with the panel data so we can get that richness of being able to target people who have purchased in certain categories and so on um, and to see what what kind of happens post research so you said you're going to do stuff like does that actually happen um, and for that we needed to massively change the terms and conditions of the privacy policy that the panel signed up to which is why the transition was so tricky and we lost some of our um, panel members along the way because we were very very explicit about the opt-in of what we wanted to do with their data going forward um, but actually, we, we were really successful in getting a, a very, very large proportion of the panel coming over. Um, and whilst we haven't done that part of the project yet, because that is a really big project that we've, we're scoping out with the uh, data science team at the moment, it just means that in the future, we've just got this amazing new resource that we're going to be able to pull in. So it's not a job done. This, mm. is, this is very much the start of a journey. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really exciting for the partnership. We've already seen lots of benefits from it. But I think, you know, this time next year, we'll be doing even more exciting stuff with it. Mm, definitely. So, so linking the behavioural analytics data with the survey data. So that is to come. So actually, yeah. this initiative is also allowing you to achieve lots of other new things. Yeah, this is laying the groundwork and the foundation. Really. I think the to some extent, this is the easy bit. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to get this landed and, and away was was one part of it. But the point is having a really solid foundation to build from rather than kind of going in one direction and then another direction that like we're building, we've got building blocks to, to build from now. So yeah, lots of exciting stuff still to come with it. Amazing. I think you're going to be a finalist next year. I can see, I can see it now. Um, <clears throat> what about uh, people or individuals? Did you find there were certain individuals within the organisation that really 
helped you accelerate or make stuff happen? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a massive believer in um, surrounding yourself with people that are better than better than you or know more than you. I think if you do that, then you'll always be stretching. You'll always be sort of um, pushing yourself. Um, I mean, we're really fortunate that we've got some really amazing agencies on our roster. And so um, the agency that helped us to sort of develop this um, platform um, were they do this day in day out so they were really good at sort of holding our hand through it um but also i think just pulling on all the various different people in i mean this doesn't just happen with one or two people it's a whole network of people that you have to pull in so whether it's our data privacy office or the data management office um whether it's um the crm team there's lots of different people that all play a role in making this happen so i think it's it's all of those people and being able to bring them in at the right time, working out who all those people are and then asking the right questions of them. Um, and ultimately they all know their bit of the puzzle really, really well. And so being able to identify them and rely on them is key. Like you're never, you never, know, these types of projects don't happen with one, one person, it's a whole network. Okay, so it's coming back again. It is about the team. 100%. It's about everyone. Yeah, it's completely. not one or two key people that yeah, actually makes this agree. happen. Yeah. What, what about you? And I know, and you've got a really interesting background. I don't know if you <laughs> if you want to talk about it, but what is it about you? Like, I think it still takes a. Not everyone can do this, you know, and it sort of starts here with you. Is there a mindset or a behaviour? Or, you know, is there something that you've learned in the past that, that has allowed you to do this? And I know it's difficult to talk about yourself in this way, so Rianne, <laughs> you might want to add add something as well. I, I would just say um, I've always had that kind of mindset of just do it, like just get on and do it um, and always say yes. Um, I mean, from some of my previous um, experiences before I worked in Insight, there's a, I kind of think a, a, a mentality of just no one else is going to do it for you so if you've got an idea you, you've got space to to create it for yourself or to make it happen for yourself so I think it's just that attitude of say yes you never know what might come from it and um just get on and get on and do it those are probably the two the two big ones yeah, but it but it takes boldness, you know. It does. It's I mean, so you can say yes, but you know, it's a big, it's a big event. You know, something could go wrong. Maybe it doesn't work out, but it yeah. doesn't sound like you think about that. No, I, I think I suppose I always think of you can only you can only manage the things within your control, and I think if you have that kind of mentality of only worry about the things that you have control or you have influence over, it helps you to sort of, I suppose, step out of some of the weeds and to stops you from worrying about all of that stuff that you have no influence over but might, um, might change or, or might go wrong. So I think it's having that kind of, I suppose, more holistic view um, and only worrying about the things within your circle that you can influence and really being focused on those those things specifically so that sort of, that sort of allows you to have perspective yeah absolutely and and to get on any any bills Rhiannon yeah I mean I think I think Naomi's got the vision 
She's no stranger to a Gantt chart, which is <laughs> such an important thing. And, um, you know, she talks about um, controlling the things that are within her control, but she also knows when she needs to reach out and get support and who to go to for it. She worked brilliantly with the agency. They absolutely love her and invited her to speak at their conference. And, you know, she just builds brilliant, brilliant networks. Um, and she just doesn't accept failure really she's, <laughs> she doesn't she's, no if she's decided this is going to happen it will happen it i think will. my husband would agree with that <laughs> what, what yeah. would he say what, or what did he Just, say i did think you... dogged and persistent and stub. i think he might use the word stubborn probably more than the the nice words that rihanna uses <laughs> mm, yeah well what about your influences you know i don't know was there a formative book or a bit of advice or uh, I mean I'm not a, I'm not a massive reader if I'm honest mm. I've got two small children so that that is kept for those luxuries um I suppose my influence is probably my the my previous experience before my career in insight and and research so I used to run a, a business a, a brand and a, and a business that I set up and um I think that has had a massive impact on the way I think about things because it it taught me that anything is actually possible if you just get on and do it um and I think it kind of is it it taught me that there's so much to learn on the journey it's not necessarily just being focused on that end point I suppose you know we all we all have this kind of I suppose this mantra of like focus on the task focus on the end goal and and then you'll reach it and you know you need a plan to get from a to b and you look at like sports people like they're all focused on you know the thing in front of them and actually i think um running rocktails um this uh business had on reflection has taught me that there's so much to learn on the journey and it isn't just about getting from a to b but by saying yes to things, you, you know, it opens up all sorts of opportunities that you would never have imagined. Like this, for example, like being nominated for this award, you'd never have thought would end up, you know, recording this kind of podcast. There's so much enrichment that you can get from just saying yes. And there's so much that you learn on the journey. It's not just about the from A to B. And, and there's lots to, to learn along the way. So, yeah, I would say it's... um. The, that Rocktail's influence of um, just saying yes, getting on with it, and actually anything's possible if you put put your mind to it. Mm. And the Rocktail's example, you were actually, yeah, you created a brand and you were on Dragon's Den. And, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and they, were, they were willing, the Dragons were willing to invest in you. Yeah. Do you think, again, they saw this attitude... Or, or, you know, or what led you there? You know, like, again, again, that's, that's a just a really thing. random thing that <laughs> happened. Um, you know, we were um, we were at a business conference, an entrepreneurial conference, and they were screening for Dragons Den, and they came over and said, "Oh, come and just do a come and just do a VT in front of the camera and tell us about your business." And one thing led to another, and then they offered us a, a spot in front of the Dragons, and we thought, "Well, you know, we've got one retailer on board." We've got very little marketing budget. We've just gone through our second round of investment. This is a great way of getting our PR and our marketing out there to sort of six million viewers just before Christmas. This is a great opportunity, but those we didn't go out searching for it. Those sort of things have come from sort of saying yes to something else, and it's all kind of sort of one thing leads to another. And, and similarly, 
some of the some of the experiences that I had running that business are are things that are sort of memories that I'll hold for life and they're really random like you know being invited to King Charles's house in Wales to offer co- like to to drink co- wow. to, to serve him <laughs> our cocktails like those things are so random like so random but they come from I suppose saying yes surrounding yourself with other um brilliant people that have got that kind of vibe and that energy and you just don't know what it might might lead to yeah yeah if we wanted to create someone who was really impactful someone who could get on be really influential um in their organizations like what do they who are they what do they do how do they behave it sounds like they say yes to everything is there anything else um I would say it's that that piece of like looking, looking sideways, not just in from what's in front of you, and to give you that more, I suppose, holistic picture. And that's not, I suppose, just um, for the the task in hand, so that you're taking in all the different curveballs that might be coming your coming your way, but also looking for where those opportunities might be, um, and also, I suppose, looking sideways to sort of be able to ladder up insight and triangulate with lots of other things that are coming coming um, from other parts of the business. So I'd say it's having that more sort of, I suppose, 360 kind of view, not just being very single-minded with the thing that's directly in, in front of you, I think is is key. Um, mm-hmm. So having that sort of flexibility so you've got a plan but you're also open to deviate yeah and and look at what comes so that it sounds like you've got to be really single-minded but yeah open and flexible exactly that's right and Mm. and the other thing I'd say is um we talked a little bit about relationships and spending time getting to know people but um prior to working at the partnership I worked for um C-Space which is another um insight agency a customer agency and the thing I think I took away from that agency more than anything else is that relationships are the source of results and so whether that is you know as a customer um sorry as a as a researcher understanding a customer building up those really good relationships in a in a focus group to really warm them up to really build a relationship with them so they open up and tell you that kind of rich and interesting insight or whether it's a stakeholder and building a really good rapport so that you can kind of have a bit more flexibility when stuff doesn't go wrong or or when you know you're asking a bit more of them than than what is comfortable like it's it really comes back to having a really good relationship so I'd say in answer to your question about how do you um, who, what does that impactful individual be? I'd say it's kind of taking that kind of relationship first approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rhiannon, how about you? What are your, your thoughts? Or So, and- yeah, I mean, like one, one of the partnership kind of ways of working um, and they've got one of the five key principles is, is we, not me. Um, and I think that's really, really important in terms of like making a successful project is to actually build the enthusiasm with the team so that everybody comes on the journey with you. Um, And this project would just have kind of landed dead had it not been for the fact that, you know, we've got nine super users on the team now who are like really, really enthused, really excited about being able to construct and serve their own research and end to end. Um, 
So that's kind of like the at the end bit of it. And there was lots of we, not me, all the way through as Naomi liaised with procurement and legal and the data teams and everybody to get to get the project done. So I think it's it's fine being, you know, kind of like very focused on on an end. But if you try to do it all on your own, yeah. then it's never going to be as good as it will be when you've got all the team around you all aiming for the same thing with a real passion. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, there's there's never a, a amazing leader that's been an island. Is there? Like everyone is that's at the top of their game are people that are really good at bringing in lots of different different people to Rhiannon's point. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's been wonderful to hear about how you've been able to have uh, such a huge impact within John Lewis. So this was one of the episodes in our Client Impact series. And if you'd like to hear more about how you too can achieve further impact in your organization, follow Truth Talks on your preferred podcast platform or get in touch with us here at Truth Consulting at info at truth.ms.